Among many of its bad habits, the Biden administration is becoming notorious for one, using the full force of the federal government against Americans deemed insufficiently loyal to King Biden and Queen Kamala. First, the military was pressured to spy on its recruits for signs of republicanism in its ranks. Then the Biden administration colluded with the National School Board Association in the language of a letter calling on federal agencies to investigate threats against school board members as domestic terrorism. And now, Biden's White House is likely colluding with mainstream media outlets to leak information about investigative journalist outlet Project Veritas after it was raided by the FBI. Folks, this is nutty. I will be absolutely breaking it down, and I've got a few special guests later on in the show, Candace Owens and Dave Rubin. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. Okay, Problematics, I have to be honest. Um, so later on in the show, I'll be talking with uh, Candace Owens and Dave Rubin. This was from a conversation that we all had while I was down in Nashville doing Candace's show, Candace, which you can find on the Daily Wire. And while we were doing this segment, um, it really sort of put this bug in my head. And I really wanted to explore this a little bit more um, than the time that I got to explore it when I was having the conversation with with Candace and Dave. And, and you'll be hearing more of their voices than mine later on. But I wanted to have this time to talk. Um, this is going to be kind of a long one. And I, I usually, problematics, like I don't usually get that deep in the woods with this stuff. But there's so much going on here wrong with this administration that I just, I do not know where to start. And when I look at the media moment that we're in right now, like everybody's talking about the Rittenhouse trial and race and racism and all of this other stuff. You guys know how I feel about this stuff. It is a distraction from some very real things that are going on right now. And and one of these things is the pattern that I see like I said, this is the title of this episode of this administration weaponizing the federal government against Americans that it deems insufficiently loyal. Um, there is a pattern, and there, this is a pattern that authoritarians use, people. Remember how they spent the last four years telling us how Donald Trump was a fascist and he was authoritarianism, he was authoritarian, and all of this different stuff was going on. Um, guys, the real authoritarians are in power right now. And if you're paying any kind of attention at all, you'll see this stuff. Now, look, you guys know I voted for Trump. I liked a lot of the policies. There was a lot of mess in the administration. You know, this is him arguing with journalists and actors. And it was just like, what's the point? Um, this stuff, like that stuff is, 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 is high school drama compared to, to what's going on right here. Now that Biden and company are in power, now that they have gotten their power, the power that they so desperately crave and that they pretty much destroyed uh, the country to try to get, they are using the full force of this power to punish Americans that are perceived to be political enemies. Now, we have seen this going on in, in quite a, a few different ways. The the first time that I can really remember seeing it, and, and we're so deep into this stuff right now, folks, it, it just keeps on happening and happening. And I am entirely sure that over the next couple of years, until hopefully, thankfully, you know, hopefully we get this guy out of office, we're going to start seeing more and more of this stuff. So the first thing that I really noticed is, and I did an episode a couple of months back when everybody was talking about um, this sort of uh, wokeification of the United States military. I call it the Bidenization. 
and the wokeification of the military. So what you saw here um, is basically, you know, the critical race theory stuff, the diversity training stuff, all of this stuff that you'll find pretty much in, in any Fortune 500 company right now, in, in any company right now, the uh, the diversity hustle and the race hustling and, and the CRT and how all white people are evil and, and all of that stuff. Now, this is stuff that is very normal in the private sector. But this is the first time that we have actually seen it seep into our military. And this is with um, the blessing um, and, and quote-unquote encouragement, I would say the forcing of this um, by the Biden administration. And if you listen to the episode that I did at the time, which was a lot more in-depth than, than I'm going to be really talking about right now because I'm just using an example of of just this overall pattern, is that now – you had um, a lot of the people that are very higher up in the military um, talking in the language of the woke. Remember, um, I think it was uh, Millie was talking about how he wanted to understand white rage um, in, in one of the generals and uh, in, in one of these other people. I think it was uh, the Secretary of Defense, Austin, you know, was talking about weeding out extremists and all of this stuff in their ranks. And remember, they had that whole stand down against, quote unquote, domestic terrorism. And, and what this was about, and remember, now they're going to start screening the social media platforms of not only recruits that are interested in going into the military, but people that are in it right now. And they're saying, you know, we're going to screen these social media accounts for signs of, signs of extremism, for signs of potential domestic terrorists. Uh, now, you know what this means. They're going to be scanning the social media of, you know, people serving in the military and people that want to serve in the military for signs of republicanism, okay, for signs of Trump support, for, for signs of any perceived disloyalty to the Biden administration, to King Biden and Queen Kamala Harris. So this is is what they're doing right now, right? And so this is the people that are in charge right now because these people are in charge using the federal government, using their control. The commander in chief is the number one top dog in the United States military. They're using this control to now exert their power over the over the military to, you know, have people that are politicians like like million and in. Austin or all of these people, because when you get up that high in the ranks um, in the military, it, it's all politics. And so you've got these people, you've got Millie talking about white rage, you got them talking about, you know, um, looking into people's social media platforms. And this is a way earlier on that they have exerted um, their power and they use this in the military, Right. And what this is all about, and this very much dovetails with the way in which they speak about the people that were in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, the, the people that were in the Capitol during the Capitol riots. They are insurrectionists. They are a domestic terrorists. They are all these different things, right? So that was the first time that I had really started noticing this. And I was like, okay, this is a little strange. This is something that this is what they would say that authoritarians do, but this is coming from this administration. I thought it was odd. And so now, and this is one of the reasons why um, Virginia just flipped from blue to red. And so now up next, you have this whole situation in which the National School Boards Association basically published this letter that called on the Biden administration to investigate whether these alleged threats that were happening against school board members constituted domestic terrorism. Now, note that 
a lot of these vid- videos of these concerned parents had started to go viral, like I would say over the past six, eight, ten months. These parents that had realized that critical race theory was seeping into the curriculum, these parents that were already mad at you know, the federal, they were already mad at the school systems. They were already mad at the public school systems because they shut down schools for a year. Okay. And, and sent all these kids to virtual learning. And, and I think that a lot of people don't realize, I mean, you know, our, our woke chattering class on Twitter, um, you know, the blue checkmark class that works from home, you know, and that, that has no idea of what it's like that, that, oh, I could just work off my laptop. Why can't everybody do that? They would have, they had no idea how disruptive, the closing of schools was to so many parents, working class or otherwise, of course, wealthy parents um, could just get a, nan- a, a nanny and a tutor and all this stuff. But working class parents were really screwed up by this. And these are the ones that started to notice this CRT crap seeping into the curriculum when they started listening to what these teachers had to say while you know they just heard the Zooms in the background, right? You know, playing on on their kid's laptop or whatever. And so now, like I said, the National School Board Association, the NSBA, had to apologize for this letter um, that basically asked for the Biden administration to, you know, to weaponize um, the Department of Justice and all this stuff and to investigate these concerned parents as, quote unquote, potential domestic terrorists. And now we know that the National School Board Association colluded with officials in the White House in language that was to be used in this letter. And this was something, this was a bombshell report that was reported by the Free Beacon. We still have conservative outlets that thankfully do investigative journalism. And the investigative journalism of a lot of these conservative-leaning outlets right now um, it is a great, you know, a Big part of the reason why we now know what we do know. Um, And this is something that I was not even aware of until I read into this about this story. So now this is literally the second circumstance of the Biden administration trying to go against its enemies. Its enemies in this case are concerned parents who, by the way, I, I feel like it is very important to say that these parents may or may not be conservative. And this is another thing that has happened um, in, in these culture wars that we're in right now. It's just the idea is that anybody who is against critical race theory or anybody who does not want um, black kids to be taught that they're victims and white kids to be taught that they are oppressors within the public school system is is some sort of angry, frothing at the mouth, you know, far right conservative. We don't know what these people's uh, political backgrounds are. It, it's certainly... There are certainly a lot of very powerful people in charge that would like for us all to think that these parents are all Republicans or all conservatisms or conservatives conservatives. I do not necessarily believe that this is true. So now what we have, like I said yet again, is the Biden administration weaponizing the force of the federal government um, uh, against American citizens, in this case against parents, which is outrageous enough. Right. And this is a big part of why Virginia went from blue to red. This is a big reason why so many people, um, so many concerned parents are getting on these school boards and ousting these people because they see exactly what is going on. And there's something that is even a little bit even weirder 
okay, that is going on. And I'm going to get into this after the break. This is basically the Biden administration's FBI is now raiding conservative investigative uh, journalism outlet Project Veritas and colluding with the New York Times to leak classified details. I am not even kidding. And I'll get into that with you right after the break. All right, Problematics. Today we are talking about the Biden administration and how they are using the full force of the federal government um, and weaponizing it against American citizens, which I find abhorrent, which I find very creepy, creepy, which I find deeply disturbing. And the most disturbing thing about all of this is that it seems to be happening under people's noses. I, I don't get the sense that a lot of people are really aware that this is happening. I don't know that a lot of people are really getting the intricacies of what is going on here because a lot of this stuff is truly only being reported by conservative media. And the interesting thing, thing about this is that, you know, all of these, you know, mainstream media outlets, they they pretend to be journalists, journalists, you know, they say democracy dies in darkness, all of this other stuff um, are not at all interested in any of these things. I guess this is a running theme this week because earlier this week we talked about Don Lemon's sexual assault allegations and and why there's just no interest in this. I, I, I guess there is no interest in a lot of these things because it doesn't fit uh, the narrative that the media wants to push, which again, I find disturbing but not surprising. So about these mainstream media outlets, you know, these people think that they are doing God's work. They think that they are doing true investigative journalism. They are not. I, in my opinion, and this is what, and, and I believe I said this to uh, to Candace Owens and Dave Rubin, who you'll hear from the next segment. This is what I, I, I think. I think that there are probably two people in this country right now that are doing any sort of real investigative journalism. Those two people are James O'Keefe and Tucker Carlson, right? That are really doing things on a level to where powerful people want to destroy them because the act of journalism is reporting what the powerful does not want reported. And the only two people that are doing this right now are Tucker Carlson and James O'Keefe. James O'Keefe, as you know, um, the founder of Project Veritas, which does a lot of investigative reporting, and they report on all kinds of things. Um, full disclosure, I do not work for Project Veritas. Uh, James O'Keefe is an acquaintance of, of mine, you know, great guy, very dedicated to what he's doing. Uh, a lot of people may say that, you know, that it, it may be a little unethical what he's doing. It, that is not for me to say. What I'm, What is for me to say is that the results speak for themselves. And it's not just, you know, things that may potentially be embarrassing to the Biden administration that uh, Project Veritas is interested in. You know, if if you go to my Facebook page at Rob Smith Online, or if you watch any of the stuff that goes viral seemingly every other day on Twitter, know that these people are investigating Pfizer. They are investigating the people that are behind pushing the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, they are investigating the people that are behind all of these mandates. You know, they do a lot of very interesting stuff. So now, basically, they have been raided by the FBI 
um, in connection to this theft of Ashley Biden's diary. And I want you to hear from Tucker Carlson about this. He breaks the story down uh, and then he talks to the um, Project Veritas attorney, um, a woman by the name of Harmeet Dillon, who is uh, very well known in, in these circles. She takes she is a um, She's somebody that takes the law and the Constitution quite seriously, which is, uh, you know, we don't have enough of those people. But I want you to listen to uh, Tucker and Harmeet. This is just a couple of minutes. So here's an interesting story. During the final days of the last election, Project Veritas, the journalism group, looked into a story about the missing diary of Ashley Biden, the president's daughter. They didn't run anything on it. So just the other day, the FBI knocks down their door looking for this purely a political investigation, obviously. Then today, the New York Times publishes a whole bunch of privileged, confidential, secret, private legal documents from Project Veritas. Amazing how that works. Harmeet Dillon is a famed civil rights attorney, managing partner of the Dillon Law Group. She represents James O'Keefe in this story. She joins us tonight with the very latest on it. Harmeet, thanks a lot for coming on. This, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what even to say about it. Is, is the connection, the obvious connection, real? I mean, what what is this? Well, our client James O'Keefe's home was raided on Sunday, on Saturday morning by the FBI. They had a battering ram and they threw him out in the hallway and took, you know, in handcuffs and took his phones. Now, a lot of privileged information was on his phones, including communications with, by my count, four dozen different lawyers over the years. And coincidentally, this, this publication came out this afternoon from the New York Times. Now, I can't say with a certainty how the New York Times got this information. But I can say that they got it in a way that is illegal and unethical. And so we have to ask that question. And so, you know, what we have right now is a very disturbing situation of the U.S. Attorney's Office and or the FBI tipping off the New York Times to each of the raids on Project Veritas's current and former employees last week. We know that because minutes after these raids occurred, they got calls from the New York Times, which is the only journalism outlet that knew about it. And they published this hit piece today, which is really despicable. I don't think I've ever seen this low from the New York Times before to publish people's private legal communications. And by by the way, what does it prove, New York Times? All it proves is that Project Veritas is an honest and thoughtful journalistic organization that sought legal advice before making various publications. And that's what that's Fox right. News does. That's what The New York Times does. And that's what every major journalism outlet does. And so basically, you know, that's the, the crux of the story right here, which I find very interesting and very outrageous and very strange and in that we have the Biden administration colluding with the New York Times to basically break the story of this news. And remember, you know, we we have seen stuff like this before when it comes to there was, you know, a, a lot of stuff that was allegedly broke about Trump and, and all of this other stuff. And Nobody knows where nobody knows how they got this information or whatever, but this is strange. And as I said to to Dave and Candace, and you'll hear that a little bit later, but this is what I think. Um, this isn't necessarily about the Ashley Biden diary. This is about the fact that Project Veritas is known. Like they've already looked, they've kicked O'Keefe off of Twitter. Project Veritas still trends every time a story comes out there. And so they are 
reporting things that the powerful do not want reported, which, like I said, is the actual basis of journalism. That is what journalism is supposed to be about. Instead, during the Biden administration, and why I think that this moment in time is so fundamentally fascinating, why I think this is so fascinating, the the, um, the work, like literally America going from Obama to Trump to Biden, so many things have been absolutely exposed over the past couple of years. And so now what we're seeing is how the mainstream media outlets really work. They really do honestly and truly function as sort of this meet this sort of PR propaganda arm of the Biden administration at this point of, of whatever Democrats are in power, you know, locally um, they do this stuff for, you know, Democrat politicians that are in power. I mean, honestly, if you look at in New York city, if you look at the daily news, I mean, this stuff could be a de Blasio uh, press release most of the time. And there's only one outlet in New York, the, the New York post that reports critically, you know, on these regimes because New York is a one party state. But it's it's very interesting that these things are happening right now. And I gotta I gotta be completely honest with you, problematics. I would be concerned, and you should be too, by the way. I would be concerned if things like this were happening during during a Republican administration. And who knows, maybe there will be a Republican administration in the future, and maybe there will be some things that they do that I will not like, and maybe I will have to verbalize them, and maybe I will get you know kicked out for, for being problematic or whatever, just like Glenn Greenwald has been, uh, been kicked out of the left because he kept on with his principles. And, and that's another one that I'd really like to get for this podcast. I, I should have him on here. Um, but your pre- I, I think that what it all boils down to is this. I do not think, like, number one, as a conservative, as somebody who identifies as a Republican, whatever, um, I think that the government's power should always be limited. I will never be for more power from the federal government. I will certainly not be for the federal government um, and those that are in charge weaponizing said power against American citizens who are no real physical threat. Okay. And mind you that the power this administration is wielding against actual American citizens just because they do not agree with the agenda that this administration is trying to put forth, this is power that they don't even wield um, against potential terrorists in this country. This is power that they didn't even wield to vet um, a, a lot of the people from Afghanistan that they were shoving on planes and flying here in the dead of night and busing to different parts of this country. This is power that they do not use to enforce our borders. But this is power that they use and weaponize against Americans who are trying to either uncover things that they do not want uncovered in the case of James O'Keefe, or these are Americans that are speaking out against agendas that they would love to enact within the public school system or within the American military. And so I think that no matter what your politics are, whether you're left, right, or anywhere in between, this is something that we should all be wary of. And it doesn't matter if your team is in the White House or not. Like, for me, it doesn't matter. Like, if I saw any of this stuff happening with Trump, which, by the way, it never did, 
you can say a lot of things about Trump. You can say a lot of the stuff that was uncovered about the Trump administration in terms of, you know, got, you know, them making money overseas and like all of that other stuff and the fact that it was a business organization and like, uh, you know, all of that stuff. Like you can say, and that stuff is credible, right? But you can never say the Trump administration was using their power to basically like clamp down on dissidents, which is something that we are seeing over and over and over again from the Biden administration. All right, that's enough for me, folks. So coming up after the break, I visited the Candace show uh, at the Daily Wire in Nashville earlier this week. And this, I'm going to share with you after the break, a conversation that I had about this very topic. This is where I got the inspiration for this episode with Candace Owens and Dave Rubin. I will have them coming up right after the break. right into the story of Steve Bannon. Um, Obviously, this has been going on. He surrendered to the FBI on contempt of Congress charges. And of course, this is related to January 6th. Like January 6th is a thing that the Democrats are never, ever, ever going to let go of. They've just like, you know, this is 9-11. They just get even, you know, more extreme in their depictions. AOC almost died. Uh, And and they're really kind (laughs) of trying to sell this to people that this was like the most horrible thing that's ever happened, even though I was D.C. resident and hearing them talk about January 6th after ignoring for six weeks our city burned Mm -hmm. uh, for Black Lives Matter. I can't even explain to you what it does to me. But Bannon looks like he's in good spirits. Let's just cut to a clip of what he has to say um, on his way in. Hey, just want to say every tell everybody get uh, live stream on Getter right now. Everybody watching in the war room. We're here today. I don't want anybody to take their eye off the ball of what we do every day. Okay, we got the Hispanics coming on our side, African-Americans coming on our side. We're taking down the Biden regime. Here we go. Right. Like, that's quite the response. Like, I got to go with the FBI. <laughs> Give me your take on this. Is that the most Trump thing ever, what he did right there? Like, he's literally being dragged in by the FBI. He's like, I'm on Getter. You can find me on Moodoo. I got a website. We're selling T-shirts. Let's go, Brandon. Okay, how you doing? What the do? Like, it's just absolutely perfect. Can I just say one other thing real quick at the top here, which is I came here from L.A. I have not seen real people. Oh, this my gosh. is absolutely... I'm freaking out. Like, yeah, is this life real is life right now? Yeah. I can't believe real, it. Those yeah. are real human beings. Too. I'm, in, I'm in as good a mood as Steve Bannon being pulled into court. <laughs> that, that's what's going on. That is so true. It's, it's funny because he is, like, making a mockery because it is sort of, a, it's become a big joke. Like, our yeah. FBI, it's not really taken seriously anymore. I mean, I don't think so. Look, my favorite thing about that is um, basically Steve Bannon live streaming and promoting his podcast <laughs> yeah. on the way while he's getting hauled in. But I think what's going on right now, and you know, I, I told this to the Facebook fam, I told this to all the problematics, I'm just very interested in what is going on. Like, I'm looking at this like everybody else. I want to know the tea. I want to know what was behind the scenes of January 6th. I want to know the whole thing. And I was telling Dave before the show, um, I had gotten multiple invites by different sort of organizations to come to D.C. for that. And I just, there was just a little bit of energy that I just thought, I'm not entirely sure that's for me. Um, And I found out about January 6th and all this stuff. I was on my way back from Puerto Vallarta. And so I'm I'm sitting in the American Airlines lounge, like sipping on a mimosa. And I'm seeing all this stuff on CNN. I'm just like, do I need to fly back to to Mexico? 
I was like, I, seriously, like, I didn't know what was going on, but. Right, and I think I there's a lot that it. is remaining that we're going to uncover, particularly how much was the FBI involved? There's just mm-hmm. a lot of lingering questions here. You know, we know that the FBI, there's clips of people that were FBI informants saying, go in, go in, go in, sort of egging the crowd on. Yeah. And I do think that, though, it, it really is a stain on our Department of Justice. I, I do think that. Nobody takes the FBI seriously more. When I was growing up, that was like, you know, scary, big time, you know, oh, the FBI. And now it just seems like they're complete jokers. They're focused on all the wrong stuff. And they are persistently focused on American citizens and making Mm -hmm. American citizens out to be terrorists. Um, When I think a lot of people are asking themselves, are the terrorists maybe working for the DOJ? Are they terrorizing individuals? They seem involved in a lot of stuff uh, where incidents go very, very wrong, like, Still no answers about who dropped off the mysterious bombs mm-hmm. the night before, a couple of blocks down from the White House. I can't imagine that they don't know who dropped off bombs a couple of blocks from the White House, you know? I'm pretty sure they're not covering that on CNN. Right. right? Like, that's, that's the thing is that, like, we can talk about this stuff and we can see the videos where it looks like now FBI agents were actually moving barricades and ushering people in. By the way, insurrection... They had no plans. They had virtually no weapons. What did they uncover? They literally uncovered that one guy had a half-made Lego set of, of the Capitol. I mean, I kid you not, yeah. that, was, that was a story for a day. Like, that's going to lead you into, like, Like, that was the blueprint. Somebody. He's like, everybody get around it. the Legos. Yeah, it's like, I have, I have Lego Death Star. It's like, I yeah. can't, I, you know, <laughs> like... But, but that's the thing. It's like we live in this time where, depending on what media you watch, it, it basically decides the reality you live in. So we can talk about it. Your audience can be like, yeah, we, we know that this is all crazy and that AOC, that she was going to be killed. And what did she say? We were an hour away from martial law. Yeah. By who? The guy with the, with the horns on his head? It's like, what are you talking about? But they live in an alternate reality, and we just got to keep handing out those red pills so that they come around. And I feel like the weird thing about the entire situation is that we are not allowed to ask these questions, right? We're not allowed to ask whether or not um, there were informants in the crowd. We're not allowed to ask these things because the leftist mainstream media says that you can't ask those. And if you ask those questions, you are as much as an insurrectionist or a terrorist as they're trying to pretend these people that were in D.C. on January 6th were. Right, right. And and speaking of the Department of Justice, I also want to get to talking about James O'Keefe and the Project Veritas things. This really makes me so angry. Um, first and foremost, because obviously the background of the story is he never ran the diary. He never, he, he handed it over to law enforcement. He did exactly what he was supposed to do, even though it was within his right to actually run the contents of the diary. He said, you know what, I can't confirm that this is real. And he handed it over to them. They show up, you know, try to embarrass him in front of his neighbors, a 3 a.m. in the morning style, go through everything. And a judge comes and says, hey, you know what, like, you actually cannot um, keep going through the contents of his emails. And so what did the FBI do? They leaked his emails to the Mm -hmm. New York Times. In case anybody is unaware, the FBI clearly has a direct relationship with the New York Times. They're working with each other. One is the mouthpiece. They're pretending to be behind the scenes. How are they not going to get in trouble for this? Like, I I just don't understand how this can be allowed. Well, they're not going to get in trouble because they have a protection racket going. Like, this is a mafia protection racket where the media covers for the DNC. They cover for whistleblowers or you're the bad guy, depending on which side you're on. And that's how they make sure the circle never, never stops, right? So we know that if this had anything to do with taking out Donald Trump or or harming any Republican, of course, they're going to do everything they can. But when it's about Biden or it's about his son or the daughter or whatever else, then then they make sure you just kind of don't see it. And is the FBI above the law, though? Like, ha- when's the last time, I guess this is a rhetorical question. No, actually, not a rhetorical question. I want to answer. When was the last time, like, an FBI agent spent time in prison? Has that ever happened? I have no idea. I, I don't know. I, I feel I don't like... Know. 
all of these agencies now, what we're seeing is that everything is being politicized. And maybe they always were political. We just didn't notice it uh, before, right? And so when you look at this James O'Keefe Project Veritas thing, look at it even bigger um, than the New York Times and the DOJ and all that other stuff. What has he reported on, right? He has reported on um, the vaccine stuff with Pfizer. He's reported on the New Jersey governor maybe uh, going to vaccine mandates. He has the, the essence of journalism, big tech, the essence of journalism is reporting things that powerful people do not want reported. James O'Keefe is one of the only people in America who is doing this right now, which is why he is being targeted in this way. And if these journalists and the mainstream media had any sort of sense of, of real integrity, they would be standing by him and not standing by the people that are in power. But you know what, there's something even more dangerous than that, which is that they purposely do this because they want to send a signal to other people. It's yeah. not about James O'Keefe. You know, I always say this about Tucker because every week they're trying to take out Tucker. For as many times as they've tried to take you out, Tucker's like 10 times, right? And the reason is that they're not really trying to take out Tucker, meaning one man, Tucker Carlson. It's the signal of, oh, if we can take out Tucker or we can make sure that James O'Keefe won't do a certain amount of reporting, then a whole slew of other people will be like, you know what, I'm not gonna say anything either. And then we live in a country where no one says what they actually think, but then you know they'll say it anonymously on Twitter until that gets banned too. Mm -hmm. And that's a recipe for something really, really dangerous. Right, and the truth is that they just want to know who his informants are. They're like, hey, we're usually the guys that have informants yeah. everywhere. And it is stunning to see, you know, every time something happens in this country, the FBI informants are somehow involved. It really does beg the question, are they protecting Americans or are they going after Americans and targeting them with a bunch of false flag operations, and I think that the American people actually deserve an answer to that at this point. The Whitmer one is like the craziest crazy. of all. I mean, basically they plotted to kidnap <laughs> kill, her kill. so that they could leak it so that other people were gonna be implicated in kidnapping her. Right. I mean, like it's that's, insane. we're in America? Right. Like, that's America? And they and if, never get in trouble. And no. if you say this, people think that you're insane because yeah. they did not see it on CNN or MSNBC. And I, yeah. seriously. Yeah, yeah. There was one story that kind of got buried this week that I really want to discuss because I think it's super important, but obviously we're all super invested in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, so it kind of got buried. But it turns out that the letter that went out um, uh, from the school board, which said, oh, these parents are domestic terrorists, which Merrick Garland picked up suddenly and said, oh, now we need to start investigating this and looking into it because it's raising to the level potentially of domestic terrorism. Turns out the White House was intricately involved in producing that letter. So actually, the Biden administration sat down and helped them author this, author this letter. The White House aided the school board group's domestic terrorism letter. Here's actually um, from the President Garcia. She's, she's actually the president of this organization. Additionally, in talks over the last several weeks with White House staff, they requested additional information on some of the specific threats. So the letter also details many of the incidents that have been occurring. So they were editing this letter with feedback from the White House before they submitted it. And then magically the DOJ says, oh, we're going to take up this mm -hmm. issue. I mean, essentially the White House... Biden's White House is going after parents themselves. It is them that is that is this attack on parents, this attack on school board meetings is coming from the Biden administration. And they're again using bureaucrats to do their dirty business. They use the CDC to do their dirty business. They use OSHA to do their dirty business. They're extremely authoritarian, but they try to hide behind bureaucracy.
if we lived in anything other than a banana republic, something like this could actually take the administration down. Think about what they did. They basically co-authored a letter so that the attorney general would turn the Justice Department against parents who just didn't want their kids to be brainwashed into this neo-racism or any stuff or, or gender or pornography or any of this crazy stuff. Like this is a massive scandal. Imagine it's if Trump huge. did something like this. But again, the media runs cover and to Rob's point, when you don't see it, half of the country watches CNN. That means half of, the, well, nobody's really watching CNN, but the yeah. political, the, the, I should be very clear about this. Well, no one's saying is watching uh, CNN. Again, everybody that gets YouTube videos with more views than us. Yeah. Right, well, that's the thing. They got a lot of money poured into it. But if you are one of the people that just watches mainstream stuff, you never see this stuff, right? You're never going to see this. So then when somebody, you see a clip of Candace Owens talking about it, you're like, oh, no, 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 she's nuts. Candace Owens, she's some kind of right-wing maniac. And we just have to keep pushing and keep pushing because this is dangerous. This is but this scary is stuff. I, yeah. This is what I think, and I'm going to be the eternal optimist here. I think that they have gone so far and they picked the wrong target when it comes to parents, right? You're, you're a mother. You know what that is, right? Yeah. And they did. They picked the wrong target, and we see the results of this stuff with Virginia just flipping, right? We see the results. It's going to be a bloodbath in about a year from now, uh, next November, the, these midterm elections. So they picked the wrong target. What the left does is that they always go too far. And they're going too far right now, and people are not standing for it. And what you really have here is this is, this is a clear signal from the Biden administration that they, are so, they so desperately want control over your children mm -hmm. that they hatched a plan. They worked with an organization to to accomplish this plan. And then they said to Merrick behind the scenes, okay, we wrote the letter with them. It's going to be good. When a letter comes, instantly you respond to it and this is going to be publicized that now suddenly you're looking into these parents uh, because of these incidences that we helped them line, help them delineate. And I just can't even imagine, the parents need to understand this. You have an administration that wants control over your children, and they are willing to go through these extremes to get it. I mean, this is terrifying. This should really send a chill up every parent's spine. And by the way, remember a couple weeks ago when Merrick Garland was uh, testifying about this, and I think it was Josh Hawley, maybe, who asked him about where the letter came from and why did he decide to declare all these parents domestic terrorists. He's like, well, we had the letter and then also media reports. We had media reports about a fake letter. So when I talk about a protection racket, it's like they put out a fake letter, yeah. CNN reports on it, Washington Post writes about it, then it becomes true. Mm -hmm. And then only weeks later do we find out it was all nonsense. This is really, I mean, the political maneuvering here of the Biden administration, which is like, we can't get away with this stuff because we don't live in a dictatorship. So we're just gonna use all of these various organizations to accomplish things that are completely unconstitutional and wrong and, and morally backward. It's, it's just, I don't think we've ever seen this in this country, ever, under any president. And I'm, I'm not even, am I wrong? Has there ever been a president who's done this? I just like, these workarounds? To... I just seen it, and you know, this is what they said that Trump was. This is yeah. the craziest thing to me. Any independent thinking person, you know, a lot, a lot of my problematics are, you know, left, right, whatever. Anybody that thinks independently or critically can look at the things that are going on right now and see that they are deeply wrong, that they are just not right. And I don't care where your politics are, we should all be against this kind of overreach by the government, no matter whether there's a Republican or a Democrat in charge. Right. to say, I don't think there's been any example more clear of how the media runs cover for the Biden administration. Uh, let's just w weigh these side by side. So Biden, first and foremost, comes out and he says this uh, amazing clip of him saying Negro. Let's just <laughs> let's just play the clip oh, first oh, just so we can get to this. You know, I've adopted the attitude of the great 
Negro at the time, pitcher in the Negro Leagues, went on to become a great pitcher in the pros into the Major League Baseball after Jackie Robinson. His name was Satchel Paige. Honestly, the great Negro of the time. And of the so time. You would think, I mean, I can't even, I honestly can't even envision what the media response would have been if Trump, that came out of Trump's mouth. But they obviously immediately said the artificial contro- controversy over yeah. Biden and Negro. Explain, I mean, headline after headline saying, this is nothing, this is nothing. Fox News edits the video. It made it, it, made it seem like it was racially insensitive. I mean, look at them. Negro League Museum honored by Biden's love of Satchel Paige uh, says the gap is not offensive. Okay, got it, got it, got it. But at the exact same time, the judge in the Kyle Rittenhouse yes, case yes. talks about the Asian, the actual Asian food that he ordered. Let's watch this clip. Let's hope for one o'clock. I don't know. The uh, hope the Asian food isn't coming. It's on. Isn't on one of those boats in Long, uh, Long Beach Harbor. He's talking about the actual lunch that he ordered, right? Asian food, hoping that it's not stuck on one of those boat, boats in Long Island. Look at the same media makes inappropriate Asian food joke. Yeah, this is a racist yeah, yeah. joke. This is racist, racist. And I'm sitting here going, uh, judging Kyle Rittenhouse trial faces backlash from the Asian food joke. Definitely not okay. I mean, what world are we living in? Clown world. We are yeah. living in clown world. <laughs> clown. That is the world. I think, you know, look, when I saw the Biden comments, I wasn't, I didn't want to go, oh, he's this racist or anything like that. To me, it was just pointing out the hypocrisy because we know this would have been a two-week news cycle, Mm. okay, had Trump said anything like that. And to me, it more spoke to the fact that we've got this doddering, senile old idiot in the White House that can't even, seriously, that can't even watch his language to that point. Right. You know? Yeah, well, that's what it is. The guy's having trouble reading the teleprompter. That's what it really, that's what it really is about. But really think about it. For one second, if I just grab both of you guys in real close and I took a selfie right now and I tweeted out, here's me on the set of Candace with two Negroes. Right. Uh, <laughs> great, great <laughs> Negroes. Yeah, two yes. great, great Negroes. Yeah. I mean, it's like, like and, and they're just totally... This would not end up. well. No, no you should not end well. well. You should say, I've adopted the attitude of these two great two Negroes. Two great, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's horrible. And, and I have to say... I'm not offended because I totally agree with you, Rob, by the way. I believe that he is just this old, this, that he has no idea what's going on. He yeah. spills over every word. Yeah, yeah. It is just the hypocrisy of the media. Mm-hmm. I mean, the judge in the Rittenhouse case actually ordered Asian food. He was yeah. like, where is it? I don't know where it's at. I hope it's not stuck on one of those docks. And they somehow tried to twist and contort it and make it seem like it was racist. He just happened to order some Asian food. I mean, what? how is this racist? Well, that whole trial has been racialized. And I, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out like how a young white man killing two other white people became a racial referendum in America. Like, I'm just, I... I just, Liberal those, arithmetic. Yes, those dots just do not connect. But everything with that trial has been racialized right. because they have to distract from the failures of that senile idiot in this entire administration. Right, it's so true. It's so true. Aren't these two incredibly well-spoken African-American <laughs> Negroes? Oh my you know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're just so bright and articulate. Yeah, incredible. It, just, it, it incredible. is sickening. It's just how much they cover for him. It, just, it drives me insane because if you just weighed against the treatment of Trump where yeah. he, could, he said nothing wrong and they just inserted sentences that he yeah. never said. And I think that overall, that is the, that is the frustration. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Trump, you can hardly think of Trump without thinking about him obviously drawing to the attention, the crisis at our border, which I think has never been more apparent in America. But this is an international story that people need to pay attention to, what is happening right now on the border of Poland. You have a ton of migrants, similar to what's happening on the border of America. I think we're now up to 2 million migrants that have come into America on the southern border this year. And we have, similarly, a bunch of migrants have appeared on the border 
um, of, of, Pol- of Poland and Belarus. Uh, but the Polish president, he's not playing. He's not playing around. He's like he's got a full every every military person is standing guard and they're, and they're willing to fight. And the EU, look at this, look at this image of what they are doing to protect their borders. Look at this. It's exactly what should have been done in America from day one to protect ours. But what's interesting is you have the EU, the super woke EU, um, who, uh, who is basically saying they have no right to protect their borders, and that this is wrong, and these are migrants, and they're facing a crisis. I mean, what is your take on this? Because you're kind of seeing what's playing out in America play out overseas. There is nothing racist about those images. Poland and everyone in Poland, every Polish citizen should be very proud right now. And actually, everyone in the free world should be looking at Poland and going, oh, somebody still does it right. Somebody still defends their borders. And by the way, that's not an anti-immigrant position. It's certainly not a racist position to say, hey, we've got borders. We have a culture. We have a political system here. We can discuss when we can let people in and how many can come in and how they should come in and all of those things. But you can't just overrun our border while here in America, I mean, everyone knows what's going on in Texas. You've got thousands of people running through. Mm-hmm. What, aren't we going to pay them 450 grand each? Isn't that a thing yeah. now if they get separated? I mean, just like true to the point that, I mean, the groan you heard right there, it's like everything that we could do wrong is what we do in the name of political correctness. And Poland is just saying, hey, this is our country, we're gonna keep it. And if you you look at interviews with the president as well, he's very um, unencumbered by this whole PC stuff that that we're sort of uh, beholden to here when it comes to the woke left. And he says things like, we need to protect our borders, but also we need to protect our culture and all of these different things that no politician in America could ever get away with saying. So there's something to be gleaned from what they are doing on the border here. And hopefully, uh, we can elect the president at some point um, after this hot mess to uh, protect our borders. Again. But to be honest, the politicians that are pretending it's politically correct to say let these migrants in, the political correctness is their excuse, right? What they're yeah. actually allowing, what they want is an invasion, right? I mean, think about the stupidity of this. Think about during any war. Imagine saying that, okay, actually, if you want to invade a country, just uh, put down your weapons and walk towards the border calmly and say you're a refugee. I mean, this is, this is an invasion. There's no other way to describe this, but what's happening at our border is an invasion, and what is not happening at the Polish border is an invasion. And yet you have these politicians that want, they desire this invasion. There are people that genuinely want to see the destruction of America. There are people that genuinely want these people to be imported so that they're voters because the Democrats are looking around going, hey, for some reason nobody's voting for us. Maybe it has to do with the fact that, I don't know, we teach pornography in schools and we want to own your kids and mask them forever and force vaccinate you, but we need to import some new voters. And they're using political correctness as a guise. Um, But they they want these refugees in these countries because it gives them more power, more votes, and that's really what we're looking at. It's it's, it's quite sinister at the end of the day. And there's very little social distancing. The uh, Mexican border. It's like, I thought we were in a pandemic. Actually, you guys no, are always... That's, that's so true. I thought... And they don't have to show their vax cards at the border. It's weird. Even yeah. at the... Is it not... Is coronavirus... I thought this was a global pandemic. It doesn't look like they are having any issues in Poland. Shouldn't, yeah. Shouldn't by the whole... If you're not six feet social distancing, shouldn't all of these migrants be dropping dead from the coronavirus? That is the reason we're locking down into perpetuity. It's the reason Dave Rubin has, hasn't seen a human being in two years. Yeah. And again, you guys look amazing, but <laughs> really amazing. Yeah. But I mean, to, to be honest, to be honest, Dave Rubin, you know, you lived in California. You probably say, haven't seen a human being in like 20 years. No, I know. It's been, <laughs> uh, it's been a long time. Yeah, I mean, people, the people that are coming out of California, uh, I mean, I should say Los Angeles in particular, which yeah. is where you're at. Oh, God, there are some LA. great places in California, but I have a lot of question marks about 
uh, Los Angeles. How's it going, by the way? How's not it? well, not well. Um, I'm very happy to be here. What's I, it like yeah. to live? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm very happy to be here, and I may not go home. I have to send for my dog. Actually, you told me. You did tell me a story. I do want. I'll wrap with this, but you did tell me a story about um, the vaccine passports in LA. You actually oh. said that Los Angeles is worse than New York, and that's yeah. hard to imagine. So get this. This is absolutely true. My my producer Michael, who's over there, he goes yesterday. He we're coming to do the Candace show in Nashville. He's like, I'm going to get a new shirt. So he goes to Bloomingdale's. They make him put the mask on to go in. He shops around for about 20 minutes, and then when he goes to the register to pay, they demanded to see the vaccine passport. And then, and he said, he said out of principle, I, I refuse to tell you my medical history. It's none of your business. And they would not let him buy the shirt. So he left. So think about it. They let him shop for 20 minutes and then they check your passport at the end. This has nothing to do with COVID. There is a mind virus that is far worse than the virus known as COVID. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the virus is known as tyranny. It's known as communism. And we have to fight it every single chance that we get. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow Problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please, please, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. And to hear more of my episodes and to get my weekly newsletter, go to Gingrich360.com slash Rob. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online. Special thanks to our producer, Robert Borowski, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Part of the Gingrich 360 Network.